previously on My Best Friend's Journal. Well, you have officially decked the halls and... More like dick the halls. <laughs> Toddler. Emily in Paris is actually supposed to be pronounced Emily in Paris. Uh, no, that's, um, that's not... That is garbage. <laughs> I have never seen it, and now I promise I never will. We were all, like, really pissed and disappointed in Thanksgiving dinner that year. And my grandma pulls this turkey loaf out of the oven. I think she used the word extruded. And $115 from New... I love that you're using your journal to, as, like, your, like, finance... This is what you showed your accountant at the end of the year. <laughs> Financial journal. Shortly after I came out for the second time, my parents cut me off. I was like, I'm fine. It, it could be so much worse. You know, I, I could <laughs> drop out of college. My mom is going to be so happy to stay here. She loves big gay Christmas decorations. Oh, good. And you know what? She's going to love the glittery dildos we have hanging from every <laughs> surface. Big gay Christmas decorations. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're going to take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this theme a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. It's almost that time of year where everything's this song. You always do the harmony. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know why either. And I'm very <laughs> angry at you for it. I don't know if it was a harmony or just like a, I don't know. Maybe I think it, maybe it's like a weird oh. bit from inside, like the B section. Yeah, yeah. it's like the second. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. Hi, welcome to my best friend's journal. <laughs> Is that we're starting this mess? Well, I have a question for you, actually, since you're singing sure. Christmas music. And it's really a New Year's music, but that's fine. It's to it is on every Christmas album. It's to it's to <laughs> <laughs> My question for you is related to Christmas music, which is absolutely um, okay now. We're officially in that time of year, so welcome. Congratulations. Socially acceptable, yes. How would you sing? Um, can you just do me a favor and sing Silent Night? Sing the first line. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. That's got to be the first line, right? Yeah, that's plenty. You said all is calm. You did not say all is calm. Uh, you need to listen back to the tape, bitch. That's how I say that word. <laughs> I know you say By the way, <laughs> while we're on that, let me just stay up here in my very incredulous, haughty voice and talk about... A little bit of listener mail that we got. We got oh, a, out of order today, but go ahead. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. We got a very long Instagram message from a Canadian listener. I believe his name is Simon. He was very nice. Uh, however, he did go in hard on a particular uh, pronunciation, which I think is regional. And maybe this is how Mike feels about uh, the whole calm, calm situation. But uh, he said it literally makes his eye twitch when I say the word prescient. <laughs> it because... did feel a bit a, a bit aggressive of a, of a critique. <laughs> well, yeah, because he also insinuated that I say it that way because of a, maybe a lack of education. I don't know. Um, he said up there, and he did say maybe this is a British like Commonwealth thing, but they say prescient. 
and he very he spelled that out. They say prescient, and we say, or I say, prescient, and that to him sounds, I guess, uneducated. Um, which <laughs> fine, that's how people from my neck of the woods say it, and I'm not gonna start saying it like a British person or a Canadian person, I guess. So deal with it, and I'm sorry for the eye twitches. <laughs> also, I apologize on behalf of Cam for yelling at a listener right now, which is just the last <laughs> thing we need. <laughs> don't leave come back sorry simon uh, thank um, you for the otherwise very sweet message which we'll read at the end of this i suppose um anywho how was your uh beginning of holiday season how was your thanksgiving i know you've been mostly constructing and just with your hubby but did you like i don't know julian in it all the beginning of the holiday season has been nice so far uh i have yet to decorate the house although i do have a christmas tree up so we have a bald naked christmas tree oh, yay. um this past saturday we made brunch and we tromped around our land out here and picked out the perfect Christmas tree, Clark Griswold style. And I carried my chainsaw around the woods until we found just the right one. And I murdered the fuck out of a tree <laughs> and we hauled it home. And it was really fun. It was actually, it was, it was a really, really fun kind of like magical morning. It wasn't that different. I mean, we didn't even leave our property, but uh, we just, we hauled a Christmas tree in and it felt very holiday-ish. I've never cut down my own tree before. That sounds... Honestly, idyllic is the word. It's that it sounds like full of Christmas magic. It was, and it had snowed earlier in the week too, so it was like tromping through, you know, untrodden snow. You love the word tromp today. Well, there's never been a truer use of the word because we did put on our boots and we truly tromped. Um, and it was great. We had a, a nice, uh, you know, kickoff to the holiday season, and that's when I started listening to holiday music. Was that morning? I put it on uh, around the house, and it was delightful. In this jolly gay time, did you have a gayest moment? <gasps> Not particularly, but go ahead and roll the theme. <laughs> we'll get there. Gay, gay. I've got a couple and neither one of them are particularly gay, so you can uh, tell me which is my gayest moment. Uh, One was yesterday. I spent probably a solid hour uh, just flower arranging, Um, and not for any good reason either. Um, I stopped by the grocery store, and they had peonies, and I love peonies. I like really (laughs) any kind of like dense flower. I love peonies as well. Fucking child. Uh-huh. They're the state flower of Indiana. Ooh. I love a peony. I love a ranunculus. That's anyway, ranunculus. Like... <laughs> uh-huh. It is. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um. So anyway, I found some... Uh, they're not even really fall flowers, but anyway, that's not the point of this. I bought some flowers and I came home and I uh, had some flowers that were starting to fade in the kitchen, but they were... A couple stems were still okay. And so I had like the whole kitchen just overtaken with greens and flowers i had arrangements spread out between like four different vases and i realized at the end of it like i had a very long to-do list and arranging flowers was not on that and i spent like maybe an hour judging these flowers for no reason other than just to place them around my house and bring myself joy uh but it did bring me joy well great then that's plenty of reason also i love any excuse to use the word judge I do love the word I just never spell spelled it. either with a Z-H or a T-J. I feel like I'm constantly looking it up, yeah. which probably means I use the word too much, but it's just very hard to spell. One of the most common spellings is Z-H-U-Z-H, and I always forget that because there's also another spelling with a T and a J uh, that is, and I am like Googling 40,000 different versions of that before I finally land on it every time. I'm always going with like a D-J, which feels wrong, obviously. Yeah, it's tough. How does your phone spell it in voice to text? Oh. I don't know. Let's find out. I will judge that up in a little bit. <laughs> judge. Judge. Lame. 
Get it together, Siri. Um, okay, back to your gayest moment. So, the zhuzhing of the flowers, or... <laughs> the zhuzhing of the flowers. Uh, yeah, that was one... Zhuzhes uh, for Algernon. That was the title of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was one, you know, slightly gay moment. And then the other one was uh, kind of spread out over... Uh, the past week and in the evenings, I have to admit that I binged the entire first season of Emily in Paris. Uh, uh, and it was no. <laughs> <laughs> it was garbage for sure. It was awful. Um, it was like the lightest, like least consequential television I could have possibly put on. But I've just been really exhausted in the evenings. I also this is unrelated to the gay moment. I think I'm suffering a little bit of burnout on this house. I realized I haven't taken more than one day off in the past like eight weeks of working on the house. And I Yeah man, every time I call you you're banging some shit and it's not usually a human. Not in a good way. Yeah. Uh so I think that I need to get like a little ski day or something, ski weekend on the on the books, something to look forward to because I, I need a break. My I someone posted the other day about like some of burnout and i was like oh maybe this is why i'm so fucking cranky all the time just like at the drop of a hat everything is really pissing me off so i just need maybe a moment away so well you don't seem cranky to me but also the fact that you live in colorado like that's that's like kind of one of the main points right like go take a ski day shit yeah for sure it's your favorite thing in the world it is my very favorite thing in the world yeah, mornings are fine. Evenings uh, have been dark. So I've been putting on uh, light television, and Emily and Paris was on. I'm going to keep saying it like that just to piss you off. Uh, <laughs> well, then, was, can you at least give me the right Emily and Paris? Put the emphasis on the Lee. Yeah, for sure. Emily and Paris was on uh, <laughs> Netflix. It was suggested. And so I, I started it, and it was stupid and easy and like. Like you. Yeah, ju- just. It just felt like home. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's quite an overstatement. It was mediocre at best, but um, I did it. But the gayest part about all that, other than watching, you know. Oh, that's plenty gay, but please elaborate. (laughs) I feel like it's television made for 22-year-old women. Um, It made me feel like full gay, uh, what is the word, like drama? uh, Ennui. Ennui. Yes, thank you. Uh, And French, too. It made me feel full gay ennui about not being able to travel or go to beautiful places like Paris. I just, I texted Peter halfway through the second episode. I was like, as soon as we are able to travel again, we are booking a beautiful trip to Paris in the springtime. Yes. You and every other 22 year old woman that show is targeting. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, if it it helped you relax, then I will not judge you for it. Also, I can't judge you for the flower judging because I myself judged. I stop saying judge episode titles. Judge. It'd be hard to spell though. Um, (laughs) Everyone's going to just be sounding it out like what? Um, Anyway, so I also bought myself some flowers. And while I was out at the wine flower shop, I was like, well, I might as well get some wine. But what's annoying about getting wine at a Whole Foods is that you need to check out. So it wasn't the wine and flower shop. You were just making it sound cute. (laughs) Yeah, it's nicer than Jeff Bezos' capitalist corner. (laughs) So you have to buy any alcohol separate from groceries. So I got the wine and then I went to go check out the Wait, flowers. So in Pennsylvania, you even at a grocery store, you have to pay for them in different areas. Yes. They like treat it like a separate store. It's a real pain in the ass. Um, wow. Anyway. Wow. So when I was going to buy the flowers, I accidentally knocked my wine over and it made the most perfect little thud. It was still in the oh, bag. Dear. So I kind of thought that protected it and it didn't break. So I went down to pick it up. And when I did, it started to like Tarantino style bleed, like super delayed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that sound is from Kill Bill. Yeah, it's like those uh, melodramas when someone gets shot, but they don't realize they've been shot until a few seconds later when they start to bleed. Yeah. That was a really long way for me to tell you that I also judged some flowers, but not before cleaning up my bloody wine mess on aisle me. <laughs> <laughs> 
hate you. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> oh, I also brought home two of the tiniest little poinsettias you've ever seen. I don't really have room for a full Christmas tree, but I do want some Christmas, you know? Well, you do need a little Christmas. Uh, right this very minute. That reminds me of my gayest moment. It wasn't throwing wine across Whole Foods like Abby when she's high on. She threw manuka She threw honey. it at someone's ankle. Um, <laughs> Bingo, Bronson! <laughs> One of the best Broad City moments. Um, no, it's kind of like yours. It's just kind of like a general gay being. It's not really a moment. It's my... So I went home for Thanksgiving against CDC judgment. But let me clarify that... Guidelines, not judgment. It feels like judgment. I was quarantined for three weeks, literally by myself, except for the grocery store. And my mom and Weibo were the same. So I feel like it's... And I traveled by car by myself. Like, I don't know. It just sounds worse than I, it is. I do appreciate the... The full need to explain to our listeners that we're not out here just like gallivanting around and pretending like nothing, it's not a pandemic. But man, it does feel a little exhausting that you have to explain the fact that you made as responsible decision as you possibly could have. Uh, but just for the fact that if you don't explain that, then someone's going to like write in an angry message about you traveling and making things worse. So yeah, I, I don't uh, want anyone worried. I'm just like, I get it. So I did go home and um, my mom has been dying to watch Mame of all things, which is what we need a little Mame. Christmases from. She's like in an old movie movie uh like mood right now so we watched a few is that angela lansbury uh i bet sometime somewhere but the the tv ver- or the movie is uh rosalind russell and then lucille ball does a version as well really there's a lucille ball version of mame yes i think rosalind russell is the musical version i could look this up but i'm just gonna speculate and i think lucille ball is like the translated play version yeah i dare say lucille ball didn't do a musical version we're 100% wrong. Lucille Ball did, in fact, do the musical version, and Rosalind Russell did the original based on the book. Probably should have just Googled it. Although she's always begging Ricky to sing, so maybe she finally got that show. Um, <laughs> well, now we want to watch Lucy. Sorry, I keep know. going. It's been a long time. I wonder if it holds up. Oh, I mean, as much as white people in black and white with, like, rich Brooklyn problems can have, I don't know, like... I, I mean, more like uh, Lucille Ball is obviously a feminist icon, but also I don't remember what kind of gender norms were projected on that show in the 50s and also ricky is a cuban immigrant right in the middle of the cuban revolution so i just kind of wonder how it would all look today yeah that's truly fair i never ever thought of it from that light because i only ever watched it as a child uh with my mom but yeah there maybe it's i don't know it's probably interesting actually all this talk of lucy i should say we actually did not watch any version of Maine because we couldn't find it but it did inspire us to watch some other christmas classics um, so we started with White Christmas, which she had never seen. I was so thrilled to, oh, to show it to her the first time. Oh my god, it's so good! I haven't it's, seen it in years, it and I'm like so good. fiending for it this year. It's, it's so like old Hollywood. It's, it's so good. It's everything I want in Christmas. Although honestly, we couldn't let go of the fact that what's her name's uh, waistline is like dangerously tiny. Vera Ellen. Vera Ellen. Yes, very well done. Um, like it's always hard harder for me to pull that out than Rosemary Clooney. Um, uh huh. It's like very tiny and like there's just no way that could safely be done. It looks it looks scary, but it's like all I know. She also has like she's an incredible dancer and she has these long legs. But like the thigh gap on that lady, like you could like pass a softball through that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. The body standards were remarkably insane. I know it's bonkers. She's also and she's doing like very athletic dancing, too. It's like I know that to me is the old Hollywood part of it. It's because it's like. You had to be a song and dance person to get a role like that. Uh-huh. And it's like true, like beautiful. I mean, she there's this one dance sequence I can just see it in my head where she does like a double pirouette into like a um a arabesque and she just like nails it. And you're like, God damn, this woman is so 
fucking athletic. And a great singer to boot. She's got this beautiful mezzo. I just said double pirouette into an arabesque. I have no idea. I'm not obviously not a dancer. Two two turns, never puts her foot down, and her her leg ends up out like this yeah. in front of her. Is that arabesque? No, uh, arabesque is behind you. Okay, what's in front of you? No idea. Okay. I promise that our, our nicest friend will respond and tell me exactly what that's called. She better. Um, so we broke it up. We watched White Christmas, and Wait, then we on. watched— Is your gayest moment just being a 30-year-old gay man hanging out with your mom like a couple of gal pals at home? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Just clarifying. <laughs> so we broke up the classics with a soon-to-be classic, uh, Bad Mom's Christmas, <laughs> which is honestly so fucking funny. It's got our queen, Christine Baranski. It's got uh, Mila Kunis. Uh, Kristen Bell as well? It is, and also Susan Sarandon and Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn is just just so good, so funny. She's great. I love how dry she is, but I really like it when she's able to be dirty because she does like blue humor very well. And that's exactly what she's doing in this movie. I mean, the whole thing feels like uh, if Bravo was doing their spin on a Lifetime holiday movie. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we finished up with like the quintessential Christmas classic. It's a Wonderful Life. Never seen it. I had never seen it either, and that's why my mom was begging me to watch it. And I'm glad I did because. I didn't realize how many like pop culture references are from that movie. Oh, okay. For instance, that meme that you've probably seen of an old timey lady going up to a record player. Oh, and smashing the record. I love that uh-huh. meme. It cracks me, me up. Me too. It's from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I had no idea. And also that moment from Bruce Almighty when he's like lassoing the moon. Don't think I've ever seen Bruce Almighty either. Oh, you're missing out. I love, I was going to say anything Jim Carrey. That's not true. I love most Jim Carrey. Um, All right, let me wrap up the world's longest case moment here. I've got a couple more points to make. So, It's a Wonderful Life uh, had commercials in it because we found it, like, on demand on TV. And uh, one of those commercials really upset me. It was some medical commercial, and they uh, are talking about the side effects as they do. Uh, To our non-American listeners, we are the only country in the world where pharmaceutical companies can actually uh, advertise – medicines that your doctor is actually supposed to prescribe you but uh because our system is so broken we can watch commercials about oh i don't know a diabetes medicine and then people can go to their doctor and say hey i saw a beautiful commercial about diabetes medicine should i be on that and your doctor can be like you don't actually have diabetes but i'll prescribe it to you because it'll make both of us some money (laughs) capitalism woo! Um, it's broken please keep going soup's broken anyway i only say that because i've been with a couple of friends from out of the country the first time they've seen pharmaceutical commercials and they're like what is the point of this please help me understand why i should be looking i should be watching a commercial about uh you know heart medicine that i don't need i'm like "Eh, just welcome to america it's part of the charm anyway sorry so well it's it's good to know because at the end of these commercials they always like let a laundry list out of possible side effects and they're always showing happy people like flying a kite cuddling going on a walk always a kite they're moving through different families and couples pretty quickly but they stopped for a very long time zooming in on this gay couple as they were explaining that it may lead to constipation and i was very offended by that (laughs) oh my god we don't need any more association between gay people and butt stuff i know i was like why on earth so i said that to my mom and she had a good time cackling about that (laughs) two more mini gay moments with my mom one she put my hair and pigtails while we watched one of these movies it was delightful <laughs> um, oh my god you guys are a i don't know you're a whole the full caricature i love it last thing she pointed out to me she was very happy to let me know that um she's got two gay santas in the house <laughs> because she <laughs> she um, like in the guest room or what yeah just the uh, Two of the old men at the mall, we got together and they didn't have a place to stay. Their parents didn't accept them. 
old Mr. Claus Sr. Um, no, it was, uh, she has salt and pepper shakers for literally every holiday you can imagine, mm, like trees for Arbor Day, bunnies for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> trees for Arbor Day! God, that's so much wasted salt and pepper, doesn't it? Go, does salt go stale? Well, there's, um, not if you put rice in it, but um, no, she doesn't actually put salt and pepper in them. They are just, uh, they're just little statues that could serve oh. a purpose, but don't. Um, oh, good. You know how much I love that. <laughs> We call those tchotchkes. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, she's got. Did, did two... she ever judge the tchotchkes? How much could you judge? They're, they're <laughs> ceramic. If you judge it, it breaks. <laughs> you could judge you their, uh, you know, their um, formations. Yeah, their little placements. Well, I judged their formations when she showed me her two Santas because she. <laughs> Come on, she... ladies! Now let's judge the formations. <laughs> She, I'm sorry. No, don't uh, be. She showed me. Um, she bought these. I guess it was supposed to be a Mr. Claus and a Mrs. Claus. But when she pulled them out, it was two Mr. Claus. And she Mr. was Claus, like, "Mr. Claus, also no Santa." <laughs> and she showed Weibo, and they both got a kick out of it. And then she was thrilled to let me know that there were gay Santas in the house. And my judging of them was just, I, I had them hold hands. Um, oh, okay. Just to oh. really prove they were gay. It was two identical Santas, so it really not only was it gay, but it like proved that trope that gay men are only interested in, in like carbon copies of themselves. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty cute, honestly, that your mom loves her gay Santas. Also, where does she keep all these salt and pepper shakers in the off time? They're all kept in captivity above the sink in a little cabinet <laughs> until they're time to be used. Um, uh, just set out for their one day. Just waiting for their moment to shine. Um, anyway, so it looks like there's not really a singular gay moment for either of us. More just like a a gay onslaught of ambiance. <laughs> gay onslaught of ambiance all right well on that beautiful turn of phrase shall i get the urinal i don't know when that jay became a y but yeah get the urinal (laughs) bye for we need a little christmas right this very minute candles in the window carols and the spinach yes we need a little christmas Okay, we got through the first two weeks of November 2015, last episode. Episode. Uh, Can you please... (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking the same. (laughs) What song is that? I don't know. Oh, the holiday season, it is the season. Yeah. What is that song, though? I think it's called The Holiday Season. I'm really in this place, voice-wise, today. It's not going to be fun. What would you just break? (laughs) oh that tickled me you poor fucking baby you have to include that go ahead i just heard a crack and then mike literally gave me i think it's on recording you can hear it (laughs) well the face though you like broke you look like something like really sad happened and then you slowly held up a Lacroix that (laughs) just like the top didn't quite pop the way you thought it was going <laughs> well, to. Well, I, I ruined the tab and it still wasn't open. So I'm like, what do I do now? Just punch the top until it's ready to drink. Mm-hmm. Screwdriver um, and a hammer, baby. <laughs> hi, welcome back. Let's get into the journal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, November 15th, 2015. And you were going to remind us what was happening. Yeah, we are in the middle of a, a new kids show. I'm doing Frog and Toad uh, around the Albany area. And I believe right, right. I was the least prepared Referring to myself as awful lead singer this time. Uh-huh. And you were performing to thousands of children. Dreams come true. You hung out at home for a bit. You watched the bird caged. Ah! 
Did you pierce the toast? I think you just I, said birdcage. You did say birdcage. You cage. watched the birdcage. I did not pierce the toast. I can't even pierce the top of my LaCroix. Fair enough. Uh, so you watched the birdcage and looked at apartments on Street Easy. You love apartment hunting. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> on November 16th, early show, then napped slash late around, closed savings account, and got... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I read this as closed savings account and got credit card. I was like, oh, dear, that's the opposite thing. But it says closed savings account and got credit card APR. I dumped all my money. I was like, you know what? We're going to do this on credit from now on. We don't need to have any actual cash. Um, You got your APR down to uh, 16.9 instead of 21.9. So that's better. Can I tell you, I'm very proud that I have never, ever paid any interest on my credit card. You should be proud of that. Someone once told me that an economist gave them advice, and that advice was, if you ever want to be a millionaire, never pay interest. Um, I mean, I have no prospects of being a millionaire, but I'm doing financially better than I should be considering my general um, irresponsibility. (laughs) (laughs) I think that even if your goal isn't to be a millionaire, that is a... uh, a good step to take, you know, to financial freedom is not paying interest because a, you're just throwing away money. And it's literally, if you use credit cards the right way, here we are back in the financial journal, it's free money. Like I've gotten flights all the time from stuff I pay for anyway. And then I just make sure to pay it. I only buy what I can afford and pay it off, you know? Yeah. That's really smart. Someone taught you a good lesson somewhere along the way that you didn't get up to credit card hawk, uh, or you didn't get in credit card hawk up to your eyeballs in college. Like some of us. You took credit cards out? Oh my God, yeah. My parents cut me off financially. I took student loans and credit cards because I didn't know how else to finish college. And I was like so stubbornly like, I'm not taking a break. You're not going to derail my future because of your closed-mindedness. So I just like put everything on student loans and credit cards. And it took me years to get it under control. How did you... I feel like after my parents submit their taxes or whatever, I got my scholarships, loans, and grants all in one big financial aid package. How did you piecemeal it together yourself? Well, there are these very predatory things that I don't think are even available anymore uh, that are different private student loan products that you can literally just take out if you're a college student and you can use them to pay for anything, including oh, living expenses. They give you cash? Uh, so yeah, they just send you a check for like ten thousand oh, dollars, and no. then you and then you have like a sixteen percent interest rate on it once you or six months after you graduate, and you're like, oh fuck, I took out a bunch of these loans to pay for groceries. I ha- I worked two jobs, took out federal and private loans, and still had credit card debt when I graduated. It was a mm. mess because. My parents did not do a good job of uh, educating me financially. They, until the summer before college, I never even thought about money. And then they were like, oh shit, we should probably teach you how to manage your own finances, how to balance a checkbook and shit. And so they were like- You never thought about money? I never thought about money because I, we were not well off, but I didn't want for a lot. Like we, I was just like pretty, if I needed new shoes, we would go to the stores and get new shoes. You know, I would, I wasn't able to get like the most expensive ones, but we would go and like, my parents would just like- help me figure that stuff out. Uh, the only time I ever really thought about money was one time when I was like in junior high and my dad got laid off from his job and I caught my mom crying because we were like really short on money as a family for the first time ever. And she, I think hated that I saw that. And so they, I feel like she specifically kept financial stress away from me as much as possible, like way too sheltered until it was too late. And I didn't, I I had to learn every hard lesson about money myself. That's tough and unfortunate. And I feel uh, I don't know. Strange, strangely fortunate because I kind of had a bit of the opposite. We were we sometimes had a hard time stitching it together, um, and maybe that 
gave me perspective that has helped me in adulthood but like we i don't know it but you also want to not be having a hard time stitching it together in the beginning right but i I mean i no matter what the financial reality is i think that it makes so much sense to teach kids about that from a pretty early age you don't have to put all your stress on them but like tell them what your financial reality is help them understand money beyond their allowance uh because when i was all of a sudden like do you get an allowance regularly we lived out in the country, and so, like, I would mow the lawn and take out the trash. Like, I had my weekly chores, and I think I got, like, five or ten bucks a week uh, mm-hmm. for, like, allowance, and that was just fun money. And if I needed, like, stuff that were, like, essentials, my parents would just get them for me or give me money for it. Sure, that makes sense. Sorry, I interrupted you. You said when you were cut off, you, like, didn't really understand. Oh, I, I had a very complicated relationship with money for a, a long time because when – so I was very financially immature. I just did not really understand the realities of how all this worked. And so – 19 years old, all of a sudden my parents went from paying for everything, paying credit card bills at college while like uh, tuition, all that kind of stuff for them paying nothing. And then that's a harsh drop. It it was harsh. And I, I just, I knew no other reality other than like when I needed something, I would get it. I didn't know uh, like going without. And so I, I worked a job all through college, sometimes two jobs, but still that wasn't the same as like being able just to, I don't know, go to Kohl's and buy myself new clothes when I needed them, that kind of thing. Like mm. I would always do with my parents. So I just threw that stuff on a credit card. I never thought about what groceries cost. I just went to the, I didn't bargain shop. I didn't eat on ramen. I just went and bought what I would normally buy at the grocery store. And, you know, I would buy, fill my tank with gas whenever I needed it, pay my car insurance, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of it, you're like, oh my God, this adds up so fast. I've maxed out a credit card in one semester. Wow. Uh, just buying all the stuff I would normally do. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, I it took me a long time. I'm very fiscally responsible now, but it took me a, are, a are you long... saying you are fiscally conservative, but socially liberal <laughs> responsible, not conservative, <laughs> responsible for myself. Um, it, it took me a long time to learn those lessons. And, uh, it, it, it then like translated into like a lot of, uh, like when I got out of college and I was making payments on these things, I had a lot of like scarcity issues. Like I knew down to the penny what was in my account all the time for mm. years. Uh, and I would, you know, be so scared that I wasn't going to be able to make uh, make all the payments or make all the ends meet. And it was it was tough. But um, anyway, we're here now. Sorry, that was a long. No, I asked. But I, like... It was it got it was very complicated for like a solid decade. We kind of. um. It was like a laissez-faire situation in my house. Like it wasn't, I don't know, there was no, I didn't, it didn't feel like any um, specific attention to lessons. It was just observe and do as you see fit. And that's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like from a very young age, I just kind of was left to my own devices and it worked out. Like I didn't have really an allowance, but I also didn't really have chores. I like, I had to do stuff every now and then it was like. Stack. Had to do stuff. Take out Bina. Just let her pee in the kitchen. I'd have to clean up Bina's piss when I didn't take her out. <laughs> It's just more often the situation. It's embarrassing how, what a bad dog owner I was. Maybe that's why I'm having such a hard time getting one now. I really was not not responsible with Bina. You were a child, and now you're a grown-ass man who has so much love to give. I do have love to give. Um, but no, less so the dog, more uh, we'd like – it was always wood. Wood was the fucking worst. We had a fire stove, or like a wood stove in our that was our uh-huh. main source of heat, and we'd get these huge trucks of wood just dumped in our driveway, and it was my job to stack the wood neatly in the garage and then outside as well, and it was – that was a fucking nightmare. Can you imagine physical labor on this homo? Um, Can you just imagine you like sadly carrying one log at a time slowly. <laughs> Huffing and puffing. Um, <laughs> I remember specifically doing this while listening to uh, Now That's What I Call Broadway. <laughs> Fact checked. It was Ultimate Broadway 2. And uh, first learning Audra McDonald and uh, your daddy's son. That's I learned it. Oh my God, wood. your daddy's son. Hold on. 
Come on along and listen to. Wasn't that on that? Broadway. CD? Yes, it was yes. the last track. Yes, I had. Now that's. Ultimate Broadway 2. Oh, man. I used to love that. That introduced me to a lot of different musicals. Like, it's like 42nd Street. What's this? <laughs> it's almost like they were subconsciously, my parents, saying to me, um, we know you're a homo, but it's not going to stop you from stacking logs. You so. can listen to this tap number, but you better flap your way to the garage, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we had chores. I had to do that and mow the lawn and stuff. But we weren't. It was just like you have to do it because you. Would you like to be warm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we've gotten into two days in this journal. You closed your savings account and got your credit card APR down. You watched Wheel and Jeopardy. I want to go on Jeopardy. Oh, all right. We haven't Alex. yet talked about it. Yeah. I know. Um, you complicated kind of asshole that i really enjoyed watching every night wow what a eulogy don't speak at my funeral he was also (laughs) the worst host ever he was he he was a that one moment after the first commercial break when Mm -hmm. you would get to meet the contestants and he had to interact he was so socially awkward they're jeopardy contestants so they're socially awkward it was a train wreck every episode (laughs) okay wow we we said we haven't yet talked about it and the first thing we do is start (laughs) railing on what a terrible terrible host he was that's not that was his charm listen yeah yeah, that's that's the whole thing. He always said that it was always announced as the host of Jeopardy, not the star of Jeopardy, because he is socially awkward. It was about the contestants. It was about the trivia. It was not about him as the star. So that was what was so amazing about it. He was a very good host for this very specific show. Yes. And no one like we can't have just like a it can't like be. it can't be a Drew Carey situation. No, you can't it have someone be, come in and be goofy. My vote is Meredith Vieira should be fucking perfect. I thought you were going to say it should be me because you put be your me. hand on your chest. <laughs> Clutch my pearls. I've got an idea who could take over. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love a Meredith Vieira. Did I tell you that I stood outside a valet line with her in L.A. one time outside of Gracias Madre, that vegan Mexican place? No, Wait, you, you, you didn't were, tell we me because I was with you, fucking asshole. I was with you. I hate you so much. <laughs> I forgot. I've been to that restaurant a lot of times. I forgot who was with me. Trying to tell me a story that I'm a character in. I, okay, the star of that story was Meredith Vieira. You were just the host. The star of that... <laughs> Fuck you. I'm never just the host. The star of that story is your husband because she was ahead of us waiting for the car and he was like, I'm gonna go chat with Meredith Vieira. <laughs> like, we shouldn't have been... Oh, he's the reason that I had any kind of interaction with Kristen Bell because he is, like, so unafraid. He's not like the, hey, I'm a huge fan of what you do kind of person. He's the, let me just talk about you and ask you a question about you, like, and pretend like you're not a celebrity. And it really works. He's had some fun celebrity interactions. He's charming. Anyway. He's very easy to talk to. He he can literally strike up a conversation with anyone. He's also seven feet tall. So normally, <laughs> like, he walks up to people and normally, no matter who they are, they'll be like, my God, you're tall. He's not literally um, seven feet tall. What is he? Six, seven? Six, seven. Yeah. He's also the guy underscoring us right now. November 19th, Frog and Toad went home for about an hour, then had to get Meredith, Vieira, and Emma. <laughs> you saw Hunger Games Part 2 at Colony. Oh, I miss... Jennifer Lawrence. Not Hunger no. Games. I miss movies so bad. I almost just watched Mother with Jennifer Lawrence, but uh, it was critically panned and I wasn't in the mood. Got critically panned, I'm pretty sure, because they eat a baby and nothing's going to be like really oh, good if they're if my someone God. eats a baby they i never eat... saw it but that was like the thing i think like the villain literally eats a baby well now i'm definitely gonna watch the eat a baby mm-hmm. very jonathan swift spoiler alert for a five-year-old movie eh, it was panned um can i please have some props for my jonathan swift reference i don't know who jonathan swift is oh <gasps> 
What? <gasps> okay, gasp. Clutch those pearls, baby. What? Jonathan Swift is the author of Gulliver's Travels and also A Modest Proposal, in which the modest proposal is that poor Irish people sell their babies to be eaten by the rich. Oh, fuck. That's dark as shit. It was a satire, but people at the time didn't know that. Anyway, I only clutched my pearls because I'm shocked you didn't know that. Told you I had a mediocre education. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very rare moment when I know any trivia that you don't. Normally, I'm like, what that word done mean? <laughs> Oh, you doing a, anything Southern is precious. <laughs> I'm precious. You're such a Yankee. Okay, uh, November 20th, last frog and toad. Wow, that happened quickly. Nice little run. Kid show, so they go quick. Uh, dad came, I got me. What does that mean? Dad came, and then I got, like, I finished myself off. <laughs> dad came, I got me. Uh, <laughs> Yikes, I think I hit my incest joke limit for December. I guess so. You made apple roses for Thanksgiving uh, prep. Yes, I did. Um... What what did my dad came mean though? Maybe he came to your last show. Oh, maybe that's what that meant. That yes, it was your last frog and toad. Yes, yes, your dad yes. came. Um, and yeah, I made little apple roses. They're very easy, very pretty, not terribly delicious. Oh okay. Do you just like carve like little petals? No, even easier than that. You just slice up an apple thinly and then roll it up in phyllo dough, and uh, uh-huh. when you bake it, it kind of blossoms into a little rose. Oh, gorge, Gorgina, Gorgina. November twenty first. You went to. Beetlemore Skidmania? Oh, yeah. It was, um, wow, I totally forgot about this. With Hannah's mom and yeah. family. I don't know if Hannah was there or not. Um, She's not listed in the people that you're with. No, I just was, she, that's one of the family. Like, I will do stuff with Hannah's family and not Hannah. You know, you have families uh-huh. like that, right? Um, sure. And uh, we went to Skidmore is a good music college in Saratoga, and they do a Beatles festival where I believe there's a ton of different... Uh, groups doing lots of different arrangements of Beatles songs, but in a oh, professional, great. like in a beautiful symphony hall. Um, it was really lovely, really fun. Okay. Ugh, missed live music. Uh, well, then, you, well, you said it was very cool. On the 22nd of November, you helped mom and dad around the house all day. No shower because bathroom being painted. Can't wait for my own place. On the 23rd, uh, <laughs> I love Weibo. Talked to her this morning. She complained that the breakfast chef quit. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm inclined to believe I can't I don't remember exactly where she is at this moment. She kind of gets uh she shunted about. Yeah, she uh alternates living with my mom, my uncle, and my aunt. But regardless of where she's staying, literally nobody in this family has money for a breakfast, Jeff. So I believe she <laughs> is doing one of her bits. Um she loves to pretend that she's like outlandishly rich and famous. So she'll run over to the windows and close the curtains and be like, please, no paparazzi today. <laughs> Oh my god, what a character. She's such a character, so I imagine this is part of that, like, nobody made her toast or something, so she assumed the breakfast chef quit. (laughs) That really tickles me. That's so funny. Um, I also like it when you do the the entries like this journalist is designed for, like, it's truly just a line of something that happened that day, which I'm... I do the exact same thing you do in my journal. I try to like document whatever happened, mm-hmm. but those are cute entries. I love Weibo. <laughs> current, <laughs> she did a skit. Current <laughs> journal. I just wrote Weibo's a pain in the ass, so I'm glad we're balancing it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. November 24th, went shopping for Thanksgiving food. Not sure what else. Home, mostly bored in your mom's neighborhood. The 25th, you made Oreo truffles. Oh, yum. Did you, did and you went just to doctor's poop? appointment. <laughs> I, no, I was doing Layla. What? I'm so bad. Layla from Big Mouth. Oh. Isn't that her name? Or Lola. 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 Um, end of that day, you made your casserole and you waited up for Tara and Chris. This fucking casserole. It's like a ton of work. <laughs> it's a Martha Stewart recipe. Takes a while. Pretty bland, but kept doing it. I don't know why I like, was holding it 
near and dear to my heart, especially on Thanksgiving when there's plenty of other delicious things to choose from. That is super true. Did I talk about on the last episode about ruining two pies on Thanksgiving Day? No. Uh, So speaking of underwhelming things for Thanksgiving, uh, I tried to cook two, not one, but two of my favorite pies. So I started out with my grandma's pecan pie recipe, which is my absolute favorite Thanksgiving thing. I thought your favorite Thanksgiving thing was uh, Mama's uh, turkey loaf thing. What was Ew, that? No, it was my other grandma when she when <laughs> she did extruded processed turkey instead of a real turkey that one year. Yeah, sorry. Gross. Extruded. No, it's fine. Um, extruded. She used that word at the dinner table. Um, my mama has this great. She grew up in Kentucky. She's got this great like pecan pie recipe. It's just a classic Southern pecan pie. It's so good and um i've made it before for thanksgiving it's it, it always turns out great it's so easy it's like five ingredients you throw it in a pie crust and, and bake it however we're at eighty five hundred feet altitude at our oh. house and uh yeah baking at altitude like if you're doing like cakes and stuff is really tough to get it to rise correctly but another probably boring but interesting to me thing uh now is that if you do think if you're trying to bake something with a high sugar concentration the higher you get above th- 3,000 feet, the uh, the more concentrated the sugar becomes, and so things don't set up right. And so this pecan pie just boiled oh, over no. onto the bottom of our oven, just smelled like disgusting burnt sugar. It was awful. So it was completely ruined. I had to throw it away. And then my mom was like, I texted my mom and told her it was a flop. She's like, why don't you just do uh, buttercream pie, which is an Indiana favorite. It is the most amazing, delicious, like custard consistency with butter and cream it's so so delicious and also super easy so i went i decided i would try that and i even adjusted that pie for um for altitude i i increased the liquid i decreased the sugar i would you say you judged it i I judged the recipe based on a, a chart i found online uh for cooking at altitude also, super high sugar concentration also just boiled into a lava Fuck. mess. It, it was disgusting. So what did you have? I ruined so many ingredients. We had a pumpkin pie in reserve, which is fine. Uh, it is not my favorite, but it is. it was actually a really excellent pumpkin pie, so it helped make up for it. Well, that's good at least. It reminds me of uh, British Bake Off. They're always like, well, it's the hottest day on record, so uh, let's make uh, ice cream cake. Ice cream cake. Oh, my God. I was just talking about this the other day about Bake Off. I love that show so much. This past season was so fun. So many lovely characters. I know. Just saw the I, finale. So happy. Loved it. Uh, me too. It was great. Um, but I I could not handle the fact that they continue to put them in a fucking tent. I know. And then they continue. Like, it's always chocolate week or ice cream week <laughs> where they're like, it's the hottest day on record. So I hope this doesn't suck. Like, could we just put up, throw up some walls? Totally. An air conditioned the area would be completely fine. It wouldn't take the charm out. No. They have the money. Right, I, I don't understand. You could still put it in the same field. You could even have the same windows, but just solid walls where you can pump in some AC and not everyone's bake is going to get ruined. It's honestly tough I, to I watch. I was literally going to say that. It would be more pleasant. Not just the baked goods, but everybody is like red and blotchy and sweating. And I'm like, yikes. It just I, I feel uncomfortable viscerally watching you. Yes, 100%. Um, okay. So on the 26th of November, it was Thanksgiving, got up early and watched Parade and cooked. We all rotated cooking. I made amazing green bean casserole. Calm down. I made a green bean casserole. I made the same (laughs) one. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, You drank and played Monopoly. You won. Of course I did. Ate dinner, then annual visit to Hannah's. Mostly old people, but nice. (laughs) There's a, that's a tradition. I go over to Hannah's mom's place after uh, my own Thanksgiving dinner and we, do dessert and prank phone calls where i am in charge of the prank <laughs> phone calls 
whoever's there, it doesn't matter. Like it'll be people I, a lot of people I know, and then some new people I don't, you know, new spouses or just friends or whatever. Usually the new people are the ones that are required to give me people to call. So they'll give me a number out of their own contact list and give me like a couple random pieces of information about them so I can set up a really good prank call. And then that is so fun. What a weird, amazing. (laughs) It always gets ridiculous. I think one time I asked one of my friends, contacts who was like a percussionist to give drum lessons to my son except for my son had hooves instead of hands and they went with it for a long time (laughs) did i ever tell you about the really mean prank phone call that i did to my ex-girlfriend who turned into ex-girlfriend like um no longer friends or no longer dating both amazing (laughs) yeah so in in high school like my sophomore year probably i had this girlfriend and then uh like i came out and then i was you know just i had all my like girlfriends and gays from choir and and theater department in high school and then good place to get them she kind of fell out of that group because she was a real diva not very fun to be around she was not a girl that was very good with other girls Mm -hmm. and so we didn't have time for her (laughs) anymore um and so we played uh one day after school we were in my friend dane's basement and we got on this website it was like you know 2004 uh internet and there was a new service for deaf people where you could type in your message and an actual person would read the phone call to the person on the other end of the line so we were typing messages to my ex-girlfriend's mom about and we we used the script from mean girls about planned parenthood called <laughs> hello may i please speak to taylor waddell She's not home yet. Who's calling? Oh, this is Susan from Planned Parenthood. I have her test results. If you could have her give me a call as soon as she can, it's urgent. Thank you. Oh my God, you did it to this this ex of you? Just like, was it... I assume because of the way you spoke of her, it is not in in good spirits, but in malicious ones. <laughs> oh, oh no, we were we were being mean. Oh. We were being mean kids. She was a mean girl, and so we were trying to be mean girls back to her. Mm. But her mom was uh, hip to what we were doing and demanded to get a callback number. And they had some apparently very loose privacy laws because they uh, were able to give her my friend's email i think and so she knew exactly who was doing it. and then what did she respond or was she just like she called and talked to his parents and we all got in trouble honestly seems worth it the trouble doesn't seem that bad yeah it was okay <laughs> oh that's fun oh yeah prank calls they're not always in good spirits are they no. um so listen we just got through thanksgiving um that brings us up to near the end of november but uh this has gone on long enough so why don't we save the rest for next week and we'll keep it in the holiday spirit while we're in the holiday season i love it it also is like a, a very rare opportunity for us boys at mbfj to, to be speaking us boys at mbfj <laughs> to, specifically us boys can mike and the tech savvy at risk youth um, <laughs> if you know you know we <laughs> are getting to speak about a time in the journal that actually reflects the time in the present i know pretty soon it's gonna be like saint patrick's day in january so (laughs) let's just go ahead and enjoy it while we can uh before we finish up i want to uh do justice to the listener mail we started at the beginning by circling back to simon you say you want to circle jerk oh yeah i want to circle jerk simon are you into it um (laughs) no i just wanted to thank him for reaching out with mostly sweet things to say um despite prescient yes Uh (laughs) uh-huh he uh he says, it's always fun to hear you guys banter and cackle, but also be vulnerable and share your past. I can empathize with Cam's religious upbringing. I feel like we hear that a lot. Because there's a lot of people that were raised by crazy Christians. Yeah. Or, I mean, they all haven't said explicitly they're Christians, but I feel like mostly. Um, oh, fair enough. He continues, I was brought up in a religious and culturally conservative family. 
wonder if they were physically conservative. <laughs> he also said, it is somehow reassuring that someone like Mike didn't come out until much later in life, despite it being an open secret, since he came out uh, less than a year ago at around age 29. He then finished up with some concern over our uh, woeful attempts at a Julia Child accent, throwback, and that we misstated that she wrote The Joy of Cooking when actually she wrote Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And then, of course, the whole uh, Prussian thing. <laughs> we'll take it. The good, the bad, the ugly. We, we want everyone to write in and tell us when we're wrong. Yes. Uh, but just know that I don't think I say that word wrong. I just say it different. Um, when I used to work in international education, we used to tell that to kids when they were going abroad because American kids love to say that they that other countries do things wrong. Um. So we had shirts that say it's not wrong. It's just different. Oh, that's very nice. And it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's true county to county in america people say things all kinds yeah. of different ways um so i like that message it's not wrong it's just yeah. different that's what they said about me growing up he's not wrong <laughs> he's just different <laughs> i love that i just said i i used that term and i'm telling you that you say things wrong almost every episode <laughs> but, but here fun. we are it's in jest <laughs> Uh, okay um so mike if people want to find more of mbfj online it's your turn where can they find I us hate when you make me do this i'm so bad at it okay so they can find us at our website uh mybestfriendsjournal.com which is also where our merch store lives you can find us on instagram at mbfj podcast or you can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com and i think that's it you can send us a carrier pigeon you send us a carrier pigeon oh how cute would that be oh my god a little, a little pigeon with a little little note tied to its leg you say prescient wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it would be astounding. Like, would you be like, oh, that's cute? Or would you be like, oh, my God. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that one, that one, that one. Be magical. All right, Mikey. Until next time, always remember. Judge. D-J-E-U-D-J-U. Judge. Not quite. Sound it out. Bye. Um, I just found out Vera Ellen didn't actually sing in White Christmas.